This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler's Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, today we'll be talking about a recent $151 million verdict in the case of Trey Smith versus Ford Motor Company. Trey from Selma, Alabama, was left paralyzed when a 1998 Ford Explorer crashed and rolled over. A jury found that Ford failed to meet its own safety guidelines for the Explorer's rollover resistance requirements and attempted to cover up the vehicle's defective design. Trey is 24 years old, and the case is being structured to help with his long-term care. Well, serving as my co-host for this discussion today is my friend and Ringler colleague, Keith Christie, from our New Orleans office. Welcome, Keith. Great having you again as our co-host. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Terrific. And our guest today is attorney LeBaron Boone from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. LeBaron joined Beasley Allen in 1995, and he led the trial team in the Trey Smith case. So with that, welcome to the show, LeBaron. Great to have you on. It is a pleasure to be on the show, and it's and a great opportunity to be able to talk about a such a positive young man, Trey, who does have the opportunity to structure some of these funds. But most importantly, he wanted to send a message about safety and making a difference, and he had courage, unbelievable courage. No question. Well, with that as, a, as an introduction, why don't you tell us about the story of uh, Trey and this uh, crash? Back in August of 2015, Trey and the owner of the 1998 Ford Explorer did not know this vehicle had hidden defects that would only show when you was in in an emergency avoidance maneuver. They were on the way home from the gas station, a gas station that's only about two miles from their home or so. So as they travel down Highway 14 onto County Road 229, which they veer slightly right, they, uh, the driver states she takes her foot off the gas of her 1998 Ford Explorer as she coasts down to an area where the speed limit is obviously slower because you're going into a residential area. As they coast down, doing approximately 35 to 45 miles per hour, an animal from the right side juts out. The animal stops. She puts a left steer in to avoid where she believes the animal is going to run all the way out. It does not. It stops, so she quickly steers back right to get back in her lane of traffic in case somebody's coming at you. You want to stay in your lane. So she steers she steers left away from the animal, steers back right. The back end swings around. Many people use the term fishtail. And the car is supposed to slide out and not roll over. Well, when the Ford Explorer, the hidden defect, in emergency avoidance maneuvers, when you get sideways, it is top-heavy. That's why you want it wide, a vehicle wide and low. It is top-heavy and narrow. So when you get sideways in any emergency avoidance maneuver, this vehicle is going to roll over if you had any speed above about 35 miles per hour. 
every one of them in this make and model. That's what happened. So they just simply steered to avoid an animal, made a, a left, then a right, the vehicle back in, swung out sideways, uh, fishtailed, and it rolled over two times, ending up on the shoulder of the road, back on his wheels. And in those two rolls, Trey ends up after the rollover. The roof is crushed down towards his head. He was in the vehicle. The driver eventually scrambling for to find her sister who was in the back and another friend in the community who was in the back. Everybody was frantic, jumping out the car, getting out the car because it was smelling like gas and smoke, thinking it was going to explode. By the time they jump out the car in a panic, they look around and realize they can't find Trey. He's still trapped in the vehicle. She ultimately pulls Trey out as the car is about to explode and Unfortunately, Trey could not pull himself out. He was paralyzed, and then he was airlifted by he was he was airlifted to Montgomery, where he went into immediate surgery. What a tragedy! What a tragedy! And uh, I think we're going to learn a little bit later in the in the broadcast how a structured settlement's going to eventually try to help him uh, weather the storm as he moves forward. But what a tragedy! Uh, caused by uh, this rollover of, of the Explorer, and we're going to get into uh, how Ford. Uh, got into this uh, arena of uh, the Explorer rolling over and some of the things you did uh, in the courtroom to really uh, eventually make them pay. All right, LeBaron, can you please talk about how you were able to prove that Ford attempted to cover up the Ford Explorer's defective design and how the manufacturer failed to meet its own safety guidelines regarding the rollover resistant requirement? Yes, I'm being, being an ex-engineer from Auburn University, Every engineer from the first year in engineering school, engineering principles are simple. When you decide to sell a product, any product, let alone a vehicle, you must determine a design goal. So an SUV uh, will take that is, okay, we're going to haul passengers. We start marketing it to, to mothers, to, to soccer moms, to haul children. So we know it's going to be driven. So the issue is, what potential hazards do you have with vehicles, in particular SUVs? Statistics reveal that they were prone to roll over. So any engineer, you got to identify the product and its goals. Then you want to look at any potential hazards. The rule is you cannot go past designing out the hazard if you can design it out. So I taught the jury and I told the jury about what basic principles even an engineer like me who hadn't practiced engineering in 30 years, remember, is you got to design a hazard out if feasible and practical. If you can design the hazard out, you cannot go to the next step, which is warn. If you cannot design the hazard out, and only if you can't design the hazard out, can you go to warnings. Okay, Ford SUV, statistics, and the government asked for comments about what dangers we are seeing and discussing the dangers with manufacturing. They saw a huge number of deaths, senseless deaths from rollovers. So the question is, can you design the hazard out? Guess what? Ford's own engineers wrote in a memo after the consumer union showed that the vehicle was prone to rollover. All we have to do is widen it and lower it. They chose not to. So engineer 101, not an engineer who's a rocket scientist who's practiced for years, I remember that as being the basic foundation of engineering. If you got a danger with a product and you can technologically and economically feasibly design the hazard out, you must. You can't just warn about it. If you can, if it's financially feasible 
and poured on engineers after the vehicle rolled over in the consumer union's test, and they showed it was prone to roll over. They wrote the simple solution. Why didn't they lower it? But if you remember, profits sometimes get placed above safety. That's sad to say, and we wish people and corporations would never do it, but sometimes it does. They had a hot, they caught lightning in a bottle and decided to patch it. Well, you know what? You know, LeBaron, as you said, they have these memos. You know, sometimes writing things down in memos comes back to bite you, and obviously you use it to your advantage in this case. Talk about Trey. Talk about his long-term care. I mean, he's a quadriplegic, I understand, and confined to a wheelchair. So what lies ahead for him as far as treatment and uh, everyday care? How's he doing? He is doing fine, and let me talk about that a little bit. But if I can quickly tell you one thing Trey helped us discover. After that Consumer Union test, they changed the name to, to the Explorer. During our work, we also realized because the last on-the-track on the real-world test on Ford premise not Consumer Union, on their own premise, before the Explorer rolled over. Guess what they did and chose to do? First, they chose to change the name instead of fix the problem. Second, right before this 1998 Ford Explorer was manufactured, and so they did some, they were testing on tracks similar to Consumer Union in the real world. They rolled it over, and guess what? They never, ever tested another Ford Explorer on a track in the real world before selling it as a production vehicle for us to use in the real world. They went to a program called Adams, a computer program like kids play on video games. They did, it was like a video game uh, virtual world where they tested the Explorer and said it passed. Mm-hmm. Our engineer got that data, ran the test with the real world uh forces that you would see in a railroad collision, and it rolled over in the virtual world as well. Now to, now to Trey. So that's what led to Trey. Not only, I told you about what happened with Consumer Union, the last time they tested it, that anybody can see in a real-world test, it rolled over. And as a consequence, we get to what happened to Trey. That's the most devastating thing is now Trey is confined to a wheelchair 24 hours a day. Every now and then, his mother who's an elderly woman, getting older and older every day, uses a Hoyer lift to try to electrically and remote control him up so he can just feel some freedom of being able to stand. Can you imagine it being a blessing and you feel like you're on a vacation in the uh, in the Mykonos Islands off, off the Greece, Greece coast? If, if that's your joy is can I just get out of this bed? And, 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 and stand vertical. So Trey, every day he lays 24 hours a day in a wheelchair or in the bed unless he is allowed to use that mechanical horse to help him. Every day he needs help being dressed. He has no control over his bowel and bladder. He has no ability to feed himself. He has no ability to clean his home. He has no ability to get outside the home. If a fire happened at his home, if nobody's there, Trey is doomed. So his life is uh, a very difficult life, but I can tell you this. He has one of the most beautiful smiles I've ever seen in a, a gentleman who's going to fight and a structured settlement to give him some independence, to give him 24-hour-a-day care of good care, not his mom trying her best, who's not trained for this, but seeing a, 
and RN and domestic support to help him with his needs will make it a, a little bit better, and that's why a structured settlement is so important to make sure that care is provided over the duration of his life. Yeah, I think Keith has a question about that. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you, LeBaron, could you tell us, talk about how the structured settlement will help in the long-term care for Trey? And if you can go into some specifics on, on the structured settlement and how it was designed to help. Well, what we first had to do if if the first process is have a case manager to understand what a, a, a paraplegic is different from a quadriplegic. They have different needs. A quadriplegic is basically from your chest, from your neck down, you have no movement. So you, are, you, you face more difficulties. You face more things such as if I burn myself, I can't, I don't know, I'm, I might die from bleeding. A small cut, I can bleed to death because I can't feel anything. So you have to engage the best medical professionals in the world to put a plan together that say, what do we know quadriplegics need and where has history in the medical world taught us that the problems occur that most likely results in premature death and causes the most difficulties. Those are things such as pressure sores, uh, bladder infections that with a person of his uh, diminished physical capacity, infections, flus, uh, pressure sores can kill him. So you had to develop a plan. You have to have an ability to give him some freedom to help him at least not lay in the bed. You have to have wheelchair, and you wanted to. So they they go through a process. Also, you want one of the key things in a structure program is time. If I provide trade the proper care for five years, well, what if he lives twenty? What what happens if this plan is developed for assuming he lives five, but he lives twenty? What happens to him? How can he make it? As we all age, we get more dependent. I, my back hurts more than it did when I was a young man. So we all get get more frail, even without the injury. So he is just more prone to problems. So he's going to need vocational rehab service. To, his muscles are atrophying. Trey was 6'2", 210 pounds, like a safety at Alabama or Georgia, the national championship team. Trey has appears to be in this wheelchair to be, and I do know his proper weight, he's about uh, 95 to 110 pounds now, from 6'2", 210, NFL safety size, to 95 pounds and and shriveling up. Well, you know, I, I, I assume, yeah. I assume LeBaron, that you did you, you put together a structured settlement for his lifetime, correct? Is that Exactly. The people who are playing right uh, put their life care plan for his lifetime and is structured so that it can provide that type of care, including not just care that we might can keep him around 10 years, but including care that hopefully he can live the full life that he, uh, that, that someone in his condition. So we, we have factored in, for example, just the fact that you're going to need a CNA or somebody that 24 hours a day, that right there alone is about a $7 million cost. No question. Well, Baron, you know, what's more important than anything else, considering the, the suffering that uh, Trey is going through and, and the lifetime of care that he needs, is that you, you, you use the tax-free lifetime structured settlement product, which is going to provide him with guaranteed income that's going to flow in and help to pay for a lot of those things that you mentioned. Um, and he can't run out of the money because the money is going to be there for his lifetime. And obviously, as his parents and other caregivers get older, 
uh, I'm sure those payments are, are graduating up somewhat so that he can uh, take care of him in the future. So that was a great, great move on your part to do that, and uh, we commend you for that. With that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more on uh, Ringler Radio with LeBaron Boone talking about the case of Trey Smith versus Ford Motor. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio, brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. You can count on Ringler Advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, with the co-host, Keith Christie, and our special guest, Attorney LeBaron Boone from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. And we're discussing a tragic Ford rollover case of Trey Smith versus Ford. Uh, you know, LeBaron, in, in the Trey Smith case, Ford was found liable. The jury awarded Trey a verdict of $151 million, but they only deliberated about two hours after a two-week trial. What does that say about the case and the manner w- which it was presented? What that says is Americans will not accept when a corporation puts profits over safety when they know it. It's the difference between a mistake but a conscious choice to rename a vehicle that it knew was defective back in 1991 and still sell it because of profits. It became lightning in a bottle. It took off. What that says is when a jury sees that kind of information, when you casually make a decision and cause needless injuries by putting profits over safety, they will not accept it. But a couple of things we showed was not just our opinion that's the fact. In May of 2001, this never happens in product liability, almost in the, in the known world. It's Jack Nasser, the chief executive officer Ford received a letter from John Lampy, the chief executive officer and president and chairman of Firestone, their tire supplier for this vehicle. Firestone and Ford had a 100-year relationship, and this is what the documents show that Firestone wrote Ford and said, you all have a problem with the vehicle. It is prone to roll over. There is a safety defect that is causing needless injuries, and you all are not addressing the problem. This was confidently shared with Ford, and ultimately, guess what Ford did? They went on a PR blitz to blame Firestone tires. LeBaron, this was the largest civil verdict ever awarded in Dallas County, Alabama, but Trey was quoted as saying, I'd rather be walking 
Thoughts on that comment by Trey? That's the word for word what he said and word for word what he has always said. Ford would not accept responsibility for their callous choice, and we had no choice but to go try this case. Trey wanted every other resolution other than the one that was forced upon on him that rendered him quadriplegic, but he was willing to fight it. Trey said he did not want anybody else to end up dead or in a wheelchair. When he seen, and I showed in the memo, Firestone said it. Their own computer shows it. Ford's own engineer said, but there was another memo when they said they should have they should widen it and lower it. And guess what? An engineer, the top engineer at Ford's corporate world headquarters in Dearborn, Michigan wrote, Michigan wrote, what he said was, cost and timing always stalls them in the tracks from making safety changes like we're Well, you know what? You know what, LeBaron? Here's the, here's the bottom line as I see it. This was an amazing show. Uh, what I see is this, that there are some people who suffer these horrible, horrible accidents and injuries, but don't have the representation that can get them the kind of justice that you provided for Trey. So that's to your benefit. That's to your, you know, we, we obviously you deserve a lot of credit. But what I think I hear Trey saying when he says, I'd rather be walking. I think he's saying what a lot of us would say, that there's no amount of money in the world that I could get that would put me in the, that I would rather trade for the position I'm in, in this wheelchair. So, you know, I think we're all blessed. We should all be counting our blessings for what we have. And, uh, and hopefully somehow that a structured settlement with the funds that were, uh, were, uh, you know, obtained in this lawsuit are going to be able to have him live somewhat in, in a comfortable status, uh, over his lifetime, even though he suffered such a tremendously uh, horrific injury. So with that, I want to say, LeBaron, this was uh, a terrific show. If somebody wanted to contact you to talk more about this or or maybe to, to see about some other issues they may be having, how would they contact you? They will contact me at Beasley Allen, 1-800-898-2034. I'm one of the senior partners here who serve on our executive committee who help decide what type of fights we want to fight. And we want to fight for people like Trey who, who says just what you said. Trey, rather be walking. Since he's forced into this position and have no choice, he does not want to see anybody else have to suffer like he has. And so that's that's what we do, and that's what I try to do as an engineer is stand up for, for the voiceless and, and try to make this world a little bit better and a little bit safer for me being here. No question, and I, I know that you uh, folks at Beasley Allen don't just settle cases and, and, and leave your clients in the lurch. I'm sure you're you're staying in touch there, and I want you to give Trey, uh, Keith, and, our, and my best wishes to uh, as he goes through life, and hopefully the structured settlement will be a a kind of a blessing for him as he moves forward. Keith, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? They can reach me at kchristie at ringlerassociates.com or on my cell, 504-616-6263. And we operate out of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Terrific, terrific. And one of the things I want to say, you guys do an excellent job for helping us help clients. So just keep up what you do, the structures and the things like that you all are experts at and, and make it possible for us to help take care of our clients when we do get these uh, significant verdicts. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, LeBaron. Well, and I, and I, can tell, I can tell everybody that, uh, you know, I didn't pay him anything to say that. <laughs> that was good. That You're was good. Right. Thank you. You're right. You I appreciate it. I might have should have asked for a paper, but you did not. <laughs> I did that voluntarily. There you go. I appreciate that. Well, let me just tell the rest of you out there that if you want to listen to any of these shows, 
uh, any of the Ringler Radio shows. We've got hundreds of them. You can uh, go to ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, legaltalknetwork.com, or you can go to iTunes where you can download any of our shows and listen at your leisure. Uh, and with that, I just want to say, again, thank you, LeBaron, for being such a great guest. Absolutely. It was, a, it was my pleasure being here and spreading a little news about safety. Thank you. And Keith, once again, thanks for being a great co-host. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, LeBaron. I appreciate it very much. Y'all have a happy Mardi Gras, okay? That's, ter- that's terrific. And the rest of you out there, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you another time. Thanks. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.